0: Wonderful, wonderful to be with you once again. Uh, I was reminded of a, when I went over on the song service. Thought of Brother Dan Bryant, someone who Brother Philip introduced me to, and is one of my favorite people, one of my favorite preachers, but I've never heard him in person. But I listen to him a little, as much as I can, and he's got a saying, it doesn't take long to <laughs> preach the gospel. <laughs> uh, and he does it. He gets after it. And uh, Lord willing, may that be the case this morning. Well, <clears throat> we don't have anything planned. <laughs> we've got a lot planned. <laughs> 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 uh, I want to go to First Peter and start here. Man, where did I start? Talking about Jesus here in verse 8, he says, Whom having not seen ye love, in whom though ye now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. That's what's on my mind, the sufferings of Christ, and hopefully I get to the glory that should follow. I thought this morning as I was thinking on this that Oh, don't forget the glory that should follow. And I don't think that's as big a problem as sometimes we look over the sufferings of Christ. While we look forward to the glory, one that Christ uh, uh, rose from the grave and went to, and because, and because of that someday we too shall reside with him in glory. We look for that. But sometimes I feel that I forget what it took, the price that was paid, that's why that song, that I, first song I led was on my mind. Oh, give me, Lord, my sins to mourn. I want to go to the 26th chapter of Matthew. Uh, this has been on my mind a few weeks. Tried to preach on it a few weeks ago. Um, and it's just, it is, it is heavy. And it's, I fear because of a heresy that rose up in this area, How old am I, 45 years ago, 50 years ago, that we have just perhaps skirted around, and that's the Garden of Gethsemane. And, you know, a lot of times we're quick to tell, the gospel doesn't save you to heaven. But I want to be sure that we don't (laughs) neglect what the gospel does do. And while in the Garden of Gethsemane, we were not saved. Christ did not shed atoning blood. Yet, what was there done there was one of the most precious and 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 just tear your heart out when you look at what happened there. Twenty-sixth chapter of Matthew. <coughs> Verse 36, then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding Sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them, and went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray you. He started this, it starts off here in this passage. He was sorrowful. He began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he prayed a prayer here. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Well, let me tell you what I don't believe he was saying. I don't believe he was saying, Lord, I don't want to do this. Lord, if there's any other way, can we do it that way? No, and Brother Philip helped me on this years ago. Oh, you just I, I believe something was happening here. Something that we hadn't seen with Jesus before. And I believe that he was starting to feel the weight of the sins which he would take on to Calvary. He didn't he didn't atone for them there, but he was about to take them. And here it says he began to feel sorrowful and heavy. What made me go to this scripture was one night <coughs> I was feeling sorrowful and heavy. Just things in life, maybe things in a pastor's life. And I thought, and I thought about my Lord. And I thought what he endured. And I thought on this place in Gethsemane. And I went and I read every account I could on that. And I felt better. I felt better. Oh, I tell you, what do you have? In this world. That our Savior. It pales in comparison. To what he bore. Do you ever feel guilty for your sins? I know you do. Because we've got that warfare in us. We've got the, the very spirit of Christ in us. The hope of glory. But we've got this flesh. And I tell you they're at enmity. At one another. And they hate each other. And when the flesh wins a little battle. I tell you, our spirit mourns. And it it just tears us up. We hate ourselves. We hate the things that we do. How much more than our Savior. And we mourn some of our sins. We don't even know the half of them. But I tell you, he mourned. And he felt the load of every one of them. Times every child of God in this world to ever live. And I believe he was filling them here. He was heavy and exceeding sorrowful. But what was he praying? Oh, let it pass. I tell you, what was, what is the penalty for this? The penalty is eternal woe and misery. And he's saying, Lord, let it be an end. Let it come to an end. But more yet... He was prepared. This tells us he was prepared. Whatever the cost, he was prepared. And it was a miracle done that God, and only God can do this, could take an eternal time, that's an oxymoron, an eternity of woe and misery and put it in to six hours. But he did. Oh, but I tell you, our Lord was there in the Garden of Gethsemane feeling the weight of all of that. Oh, yes, there was about to be... Uh, uh, his beard would be plucked from his face. His uh, A crown of thorns placed and not just set upon his head, but driven... Into his head, people whom he created will spit in his face. But that pales in comparison to the punishment and the wrath of God that he would feel and take upon himself for us. He cried out, "Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani." That is to say, "My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken?" Oh, many times they'll say he turned his back on them. No, he didn't turn his back. He was active, pouring out. The wrath meant for you and me on him. Oh, so many times. And even in the garden, he said, Abba, Father, Father, Father. Oh, but there on the cross, he said, My God, my God. He was sorrowful, exceeding sorrowful. Then he tells him, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Now I want to go over to Luke and read that account. Luke chapter 22. Here it says, He came out in verse 39. He came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel, Unto him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in an agony. He was he was just kneeling and praying. But it says he was being in an agony. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were, great drops of blood falling to the ground. His sweat was as it were. Great drops of blood. But I tell you, that is there to show us the agony that he was experiencing. Feeling the weight and the load. I despise that that heresy. And I couldn't Mm -hmm. even fathom how people could think that. And because that I, I... I fear that, just skip over Gethsemane. No, that's not where it happened. Let's go. No, I tell you, they testified before of the sufferings of Christ. And what is he doing right now? He's suffering. He's suffering with the load of our sins. And when he rose up from prayer and he was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And said of them, Why sleep you? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude. And he that was called Judas was one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. So there he is right from the cross, from Gethsemane. And Judas comes to take him away, to betray him. And they take him away. Oh, but, you know, we've got places in Scripture. John chapter 12, it tells that Jesus says, Now is my soul sorrowful, but what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. The Old Testament talks about, in prophecy, he set his face as it were a flint. Then it tells us in the New Testament He set his face, as it were, to go unto Jerusalem. I tell you, he knew the very words, the first words we have recorded, spoken by Christ, the man Christ Jesus. When his Joseph and Mary left him behind, and it took him three days to come back and find him, they said, how is it you dealt with us? We have stoned. Uh, we've sought you sorrowfully. And he says, how is it ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? All from the very get-go. Oh, I love the picture of David uh, and Christ where he says "With at Goliath, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? From the very get-go, it tells us that he was aware of his cause. And he knew why he was there. Oh, can you just imagine? (laughs) Even, can you imagine a man without sin walking this in this world? Just what he would have to go through. Someone asked, did he cry as a baby? I'm like, he probably cried, but it wasn't a sinful cry. (laughs) When he was hungry. He was the man, Christ Jesus. All man, all God. And we see there in the garden the the load being placed upon him. And I love it here as it says at the end of this. And when he rose up from prayer. You know, I've shared my experience and (laughs) I don't... of when Liz had her accident and I was just completely beside myself. And I went down at that gate right there at the corner of LaVena's and I prayed there. I mean, I was about to have a full-on panic attack. But I just got up from that prayer and I stood up and I felt a strength that I I, I didn't have before. And a... a A calmness that, yes, we're about to go through some crazy stuff, but the Lord is with us. And here we see in this prayer, he was withdrawn from them, it says, and he's prayed this, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. I tried to preach last week, and when I say tried, I emphasize the tried, uh, at Stratton on the lion of the tribe of Judah, and the Lamb of God. Both, uh, both names for Jesus Christ. And I know what you're thinking. How could that not be a good sermon? I don't know. <laughs> but something was missing. <clears throat> the Lamb of God. Which taketh away the sin of the world. And the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We see him now after they take him. As a Lamb. As a Lamb that opened not his mouth. Oh, I think on what he could have done. And it's right after this, we see some of that power of his word Whom seek ye? They said, Jesus of Nazareth, I'm he. And when he said that, they fell back. Then Peter lops off the ear of the servant, Jesus picks up that ear. And puts it on his head and fixes and heals him. And he says, put up your sword, Peter. Think not that I can presently pray to my Father. This is, how, this is the reason. I don't believe, one of the reasons, I don't believe he was praying, Lord, can we do it some other way? Because he said, I can pray to the Father. Whatever I ask, he's going to give. Because <laughs> I believe what he was asking the Lord did give. And that was an end to his uh, woe and misery. But he says, think not that I can presently pray to my father, and he can send 12 legions of angels. But he didn't pray that prayer. (coughs) As a lamb, dumb before her shears, he opened not his mouth. All his disciples were there in the garden. John, James, and Peter. But they were falling asleep. Reminds me of I looked and there was none to help. They couldn't even stay awake in the garden. Oh, I tell you, those whenever men, whenever we start thinking about what we're going to do for Jesus, I tell you, some of the greatest apostles ever to live couldn't stay awake while our Lord was suffering in the garden. Oh, but I tell you, whenever I see it, it, said he rose up. It says he arose, and when he rose up from prayer, I tell you, I see the lion of the tribe of Judah standing up, setting his face as it were a flint, that we must do this. Oh, I tell you, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against yourself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. I think I started a little late in that because I was wanting who for the joy (laughs) that was set before him. I tell you there was a joy. What could motivate someone to go through such pain and agony? There was a joy set before him. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame. What was that joy? To bring God's family back to him. (laughs) To to remove the gulf of sin that's uh, laid between (coughs) us and God. All the prophets before time, back in 1 Peter, testified of the sufferings of Christ. Ah, but they also testified of the glory that should follow. I tell you, I believe this uh, time from the Garden of Gethsemane on to the cross, till when he cried, it is finished. It's both some of the the most, the saddest time in this world's history. But yet at the same time, the greatest victory was won in the history of victories. I tell you, what a battle cry <clears throat> that is. When I think about that, back to Hebrews chapter 12, 12, where I said, Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. I Oh, I just think on all those that were uh, crucifying him and what they were thinking and the devil himself, what he was thinking, uh, oh, but what was really happening. uh, Oh, what did they think when he said, I thirst, I believe it goes back to this cup uh, that he was praying about in the garden. I thirst, I say, I believe spiritually speaking he was thirsting for that cup. but I imagine they, oh, they even gave him wine mixed with gall. <coughs> oh, I imagine they just, oh, yeah, we, he's suffering. Oh, when he cried out that Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, they thought, they said, he's calling for Elias. Let's see if he comes and helps. That's what they thought. Oh, but what was happening? I tell you, <laughs> He was declaring. You know something? That is the first verse of the 22nd Psalm. Now there's some Pharisees and Sadducees there, and they knew the law. And I'm, I'm there's multiple reasons why this happened. I mean, one, it was a declaration for us. But I tell you, they knew the 22nd Psalm. They knew it. And when he cried out that... That go, they, they should have tied that all the way back to that. My God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? They thought, let's call for Elias and see if he cometh. <coughs> <coughs> then he said, it is finished. Brother Galen, was there a scorpion or something over here? Okay. get it, Silas. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got me nervous here. <coughs> I'm giving him power to tread on the scorpions here. <coughs> oh. yeah. But he cried out, It is finished. <laughs> it is finished. And don't you know they thought, We've got it. We finally got him. We're not going to have to deal with this sect called the Nazarenes and this, this man anymore. No, but it was the greatest battle cry ever. We think over here, remember the Alamo or something. No, sir. It is finished. And even to this day, we find peace and rest in that phrase that it is finished. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. Cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. Why? Because it is finished. He took it all on him. He looked, he said, and there were none to help. Then it says, therefore, my own fury. I tell you, brothers and sisters, uh, they talk about oh. God is love, but I'm telling you, he hated sin. He still hates sin, and it was his fury that upheld him on the cross. His utter disdain for the sin that was standing between us and him. We should still disdain sin. He was delivered (laughs) right after that that, uh, prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. It says, there they came and took him, and he was delivered. Judas betrayed him with a kiss. I thought of Brother Clifford's sermon, how much that meant (laughs) kiss the son over in Psalm 2 he preached that at Dawson. He preached it again over in Mississippi this uh, fall. They said it was better. I missed it this Thursday night. Kissed the son. But I tell you, he was betrayed here with a kiss. He who the the greatest, most compassionate man to ever live was betrayed. Who never did any harm to anyone. Never sinned but he was betrayed by a kiss, and he was delivered. Brought before a mock trial, they made up accusations. They couldn't even make him up to satisfy Pilate. pilot. He says, I find no fault in him, and wash my hands of him. His blood be on yours and your children. But what did they cry out? He said, would you have Barabbas? They said, crucify crucified. Testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ. Three days and three nights. Now let's just talk about what other people have preached. Brother Sonny preached a wonderful sermon years ago on the widowhood of the church and it was three days and three nights. That was the only time whenever the church was without her husband. Someone said, Church is a widow. No, sir. Not anymore. Not anymore. Because he died and he went to that grave. It was a borrowed tomb. He was delivered into the hands of sinful men, he was delivered for our offenses but raised again for our justification. And I tell you, you want to talk about a declaration of victory. That's it right there. That tells us that what he had done on the cross was accepted of God. It had to be without spot and blemish. The Lamb of God. Perfect. Hebrews 5, 8, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. How did the Lord learn things? It said he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And then it says, and he being made perfect. What? He's God, right? Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered and being made perfect. Perfect. How was he made perfect? Tells us in Hebrews 4, he's a perfect high priest. Tempted in every way, yet without sin. Every, he said, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one tittle shall pass from this law. Every facet of the law he fulfilled. Every temptation he came upon him, and he passed. And that made him the great. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but it was in all points tempted with sin. It's tempted like as we are yet without sin. Every point. Oh, and I tell you, I think... On all those things which he endured, that made him the perfect, the spotless lamb of God. No blemish on him. But it also made him a high priest which is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Oh, there's nothing in this world we endure that we can't take to him, and he knows. I've got to be careful as a pastor when people come to me. And we all need to be careful. Oh, I know how you feel. Well, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't, and when we say we do, it mocks them. But I tell you, I can point them to a high priest that does know how you feel. But he came out of that grave three days and three nights. And what a declaration that is. They testified of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Oh, we were, he went where we were, dead in trespasses and sins. But he brought us out of that, just like he came out of the tomb. He says, I go to prepare a place for you Where I am, there ye will be also. Brothers and sisters, heaven is real. We're going there someday, and we've got a bunch of people that are already there. I can't come here without seeing where everyone used to sit. Granddaddy, brother George, brother Buddy, brother brother Pete, (coughs) And then there's some you didn't even know, y'all. Long time ago. Well, they've gone on. They've gone on. They're in the glory that should follow, because of what the Lord did. What a joy that was set before Him. I'm not worthy. And don't think, oh, you're being hard on yourself. You ain't worthy neither. <laughs> I'm not worthy of the least of his blessings. But he's pulled me out of sin. And he's made me sit together with him in heavenly places. One, where's he sitting right now? You just, once he came down and did this and died for us, you can follow him. And there, where he is, there we will be also. Right now, there's part of you seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Because he's in us and we are in him. And he's there at the right hand of the throne of God. Making intercession for us. Oh, it's good to have someone speak on your behalf. Well, I tell you, there's no one better. And there's no one better to go to than God the Father, and he he's got an audience there. He can come before he's there before God, the throne of God. You go, we pour. We share our mutual woes. We 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 send our prayer. We pray as churches together, one for another. We bear each other's burdens. And the Lord, Jesus Christ is there, he hears them. He hears them. And it's like he says Father, one of those who I died for, one of ours, needs this. And I know exactly. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable talking like this. The Lord knows he's not like he's being informed on a situation. But I tell you, He's our the Lord Jesus is our intercessor. Interceder. And he knows what you've gone through. And in your darkest day, he went through more. 21 chapter of Isaiah, watch me. What of the night? Behold, the morning cometh, and also the night. That's what we're in: morning and night seasons. But when we when we are in our night season, I tell you, the Lord is compassionate and knows knows the weight of this world. And morning's coming. Watchman, what of the night? The morning cometh and also the night. Until, until the morning's going to get the final service. That great morning. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God. He's coming. He endured all of that. You look at that. What he endured from Gethsemane, especially on the cross. And the phrase, how shall he not, comes to mind. Found in Romans 8, 32. He that offered up his own son, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Oh, you gotta, you did, (laughs) yes, he loves you, but no. You were on his mind. He thought of you in the Garden of Gethsemane. He thought of you on the cross of Calvary, And he thinks on you. I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh on me. May we, it's it's a gut-riching journey to take sometimes. But we need to remember what it took. <laughs> what he paid. One of my favorite verses, 417, second verse. On thy dear cross, I fix mine eyes. We need to do that. But thanks be unto God, that's not where we have to stay. As we were singing that song, I was like, that's never from the cross return. I was like, no, no. <laughs> we don't have to stay there at the cross because he didn't on thy dear cross I fix mine eyes then raise them to thy seat till love dissolves my inmost soul at my redeemer's feet all those prophets for us prophesied of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow come in.